journalism to me, and the only name in metal journalism. Also, he is the man, the myth, and sometimes he was a slam dancer in his younger days. Please welcome the biggest name in heavy metal, my good friend, Randy Rocket Cody. Good morning, Randy. Hey, brother. Good morning. How's it going? It's going good. How about you, my brother? Well, I'm doing wonderful. Glad to be here and uh, just glad to have the opportunity to talk to everybody today. Well, we love having you every month. We always have something to talk about. Uh, we've had we've talked about everything from uh, Jack the Ripper to the Titanic to to uh, uh, Brandon Lee's death to Chris Cornell and everything. To my favorite is your family's history with Al Capone, which is my favorite of all that we've done. All the rest of them we got to have them, but I love it. This morning we're going to get into. Hollywood vampires in just a few moments. I know there's one guy that's connected to something to that, and I believe he's a part of all that, too. But we'll get into that in just a few moments, but I want to get into some music news first. But I got a news story that you probably have heard of, but you also, uh, I want to get your reaction to it. A German shepherd by the name of Storm uh, over over the weekend in, in Inglewood, California, attended a Metallica concert, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. I saw that, the picture. I didn't see it. He's sitting in a seat, I guess. <laughs> oh, dude, that's how big Metallica. We pick on them all the time, but that's how big Metallica is, dude. Even even the family pet wants to go see them. Oh yeah, it, it, it looked happy to be there. That's for sure. <laughs> well, I do know that there was some Metallica news from over the weekend where they're going to be back in Glendale, or is it back in Scottsdale, Arizona? I think this coming up weekend. Uh, what's going on in the Metallica camp? Well, James Hetfield uh, has apparently uh, come down with the COVID-19. Um, don't know. My wife and I were talking about that. We don't know if that happened here in, in Texas. Before, right. right. They were here in Texas before they went to Arizona. And so uh, uh-huh. they had to postpone the Glendale, uh, Arizona show because of James coming down with the COVID. And I guess okay. that's his voice. There was complaints of. From, from James himself, that his voice, and he was having problems with his voice um, leading up to this. And then they subsequently um, tested him, and he, and he tested for a positive for the COVID-19. So that's what's going on. Um, that's what's coming out of their camp. That's all that's being told. Um, I don't think that it's anything more than that. Now, in the case of Vince Neal, now, in the case of Vince Neal, um, you know, he, he's, uh, that's a little bit more suspicious when they're bringing it up with him because we know he can't sing. Exactly. And so, you know, James is, James can sing. Okay. But yeah. we know with, with the problem that's going on with, with Motley Crue and this gigantic lawsuit and all this craziness that's going on over there. The bottom line with all of this, and, and if you visit TheMetalDen.com and you'll, you'll see the latest stories, and some of them are updated from earlier in the year. Uh, if I get any extra information, I'll, I'll update an article from earlier in, in, in the year to give you more, more insight as to what's going on. Um, but these stories are just going off at the Metal Den Facebook. I mean, hundreds, if not you know, thousands of people are leaving likes and comments. And, uh, but you know, what it comes down to with, with Vince Neil is, the man just cannot sing. If, if we wouldn't have any of these problems right now, we wouldn't have any of these problems if Vince could just sing. And because that's what this is all 
it's all kind of been like a, a, a domino effect of um, he said this, um, you know, she said that, uh, you know, Tommy's wife made excuse for why Tommy uh, fell, uh, taking the luggage when it was purportedly a big fight that, that broke out between Tommy and Vince over name calling and, uh, you know, Vince meal being, uh, you know, referenced. Uh, this is a big online thing that people joke about. Uh, it, but, it, you know, the bottom line is, is that these guys were all going at each other. You've got Mick going at, Tom, uh, at, at uh, Mickey over the, the uh, backing tracks issue. And Mickey's saying that we're, I'm not lying to you guys. We're not using the backing tracks. But meanwhile, they're getting busted left and right playing with backing tracks on stage. And so this has led uh, John Five, the new guitarist, um, has now, from what I'm being told, there's a couple things here that have, that have come up with John Five. John Five is now apparently distanced. He's, he's going to distance himself, apparently, um, because of what, I mean, could you imagine coming into this situation and this, coming into this band and then fighting and, and then being behind the scenes and seeing actually what's going on? Um, and then, and then yeah, it being too late to do anything about, you know, you can't, once you're in, you can't get out necessarily. Um, you know, he, he, he's going to be able to jump, jump ship at some point if he wants, but you know, he, he's committed to this with them. Um, you know, they, as far as, as far as what I'm hearing about John five, he's booked a new solo tour that will kick off, that will kick off, uh, coming up, uh, in January, January 26th in Santa Ana, California. And, and then he's going to, he's going to be playing these shows with his solo band, the creatures and some unexpected special guests are saying, but you can visit, uh, John five.com, uh, John hyphen five.com to get any of the, those uh, tour dates that will be coming up. Now, what I've been told is the, there is there is some dissension going on between John 5 and the band. Um, what I'm being told is that John 5 was critiqued by, of all people, Vince Neil for his, for his stage performance during a band meeting. And what he said... What he brought up was that he didn't like John Five dancing. Okay. And he says that it's it's uh, showing him up because he's not as nimble as he used to be. He can't get around the stage dancing around like Vince Neil used to do in the '80s, right? Meanwhile, you've got this this uh, this new younger guy who's dancing around like he's. <laughs> Like he's a ballerina with his guitar. Okay. So, now, now let me say something to everyone listening to this. This is very important for everybody. It's a very special point I want to make. When you play an instrument on stage, right? Nobody gives a crap if you can dance with your instrument or not. They don't. Maybe they enjoyed that with Prince, but we don't like that in heavy metal and rock and roll. It's not it's it's not something that we're used to, to have a, a disco show going off at the same time that we're supposed to be playing heavy metal. Now, what I'm being told, it's, it is hilarious because this is very real. John Five was so pissed off that he was confronted about his dancing 
that he's he's uh, begun to distance himself. And as I said, book this new solo tour. Um, you know, as far as it goes, I've been making this whole uh, stink about these backing tracks. We've got the story out that came out about Zach Wilde and Pantera. And right. my whole thing is this, guys. Look. I don't care about Grady standing backstage with the Digitech whammy pedal and, and pressing on it. That's not that's not my concern here that you guys are talking about that that's why it looks like Zach is playing along with backing tracks because he doesn't have the pedal on the stage. All I care about is, and all anybody that listens to music and goes to these concerts cares about, they don't care about you running around on the stage. They don't care that Zach can run around and look behind his back and another you know, musician while, while he's going past the drum riser, then somehow still miraculously playing these, these guitar parts that are so insane, and he's pulling them off effortlessly. Um, very telling. Again, very telling that they feel they have to run around on the stage. What is that about? Can you please just stand in place with your pedal board like Eddie Van Halen or anybody else has done in the past? and play the guitar the way it's supposed to be played. I don't care about all these other excuses. If you can't play the parts, then just admit it. That's what is going to be coming out. I think this will be something that we're going to see. I think that it's going to have to be something that's earmarked on ticket stubs that you're seeing a pre-recorded show. And if that happens, if we can, if that can somehow happen, boy, what a, a change on these the faces of these uh, smug elite rock stars would be, huh? Because people, you know, they're spending thousands of dollars for these tickets, and then they're going to these shows, and then they're finding they're getting hoodwinked. That wait a minute, these guys aren't playing live. This is a karaoke show. So, and if the the, the, the guys in the band are saying, "Well, deal with it," well, then okay, we can deal with it. But you know what? Then go ahead and put it on your ticket stub that these this is a pre-recorded show, that this is not an actual live event. So, you know that. This is where things, and especially with the AI, the way that the AI is going. Now we've got all this stuff coming out about AI, and all these big players are trying to make the rules for how AI is going to be implemented into music. And they're saying, don't worry, it's not going to affect the human creativity or human labor. Well, those are both two big lies, because that's exactly what AI, <laughs> AI is, is meant to be about. AI is meant to replace human creativity. It's meant to think for you. Why do you think people use ChatGPT and ask it all sorts of questions? Because they, they don't know the answer and they want someone to give it to them. And that's what that's there for. And so it thinks for them. And same thing with this music. The AI is going to be used to usher in a whole new way of, of uh, music, the way that it's done. You'll be thinking you're hearing your favorite artist when it's actually an AI rendering computer uh, version of your favorite artist and so i'm just putting the warning out there with people because this is already happening and so yeah and we talked about it on, on a, a, another show i talked about it with another guest who was in the movie industry and then ai is kind of taking over there they're just kind of taking a, a a script from a famous director or a producer or a writer and popping it into the ai and they're just popping out Movies left to right, and that's why this thing that's going on with the writer's strike is going on right now, too. Yeah, absolutely great point. I mean, AI is going to be the same exact thing in the movies. It's going to be visual, but it's also, just like you just said, you can have the thing type up a, a whole new screenplay for you. And these things are so intelligent that they can 
do, like you said, they can do a Martin Scorsese version of, of uh, say, Peter Pan or whatever the hell you want. And so, and it'll have all those nuances, and it'll be it'll be down to the T, so that they can literally, you know, there's a lot of money riding on these films these days. You know, the average production, uh, typically in Hollywood, I think, is somewhere between, you know, it's it's low 25, 30 million to about 50 million average. And so, you know, you're talking about a lot of money just to get in the ring. And so they're starting to look at things. Same thing with the music business. That's why I'm explaining to everybody, you know, that look, when, when these music people at these, at these major labels, when they sit down, they're, they're looking at the bottom line with the dollar. And when they put a band in the studio with a high-priced producer in a, in a big fancy uh, uh, studio, you know, they want to get things right. And so that's why they want to do it fast. They don't want to waste a lot of time because time is money. And so the more that money is burnt, that's taking from their profits. And so that's why these uh, ghost musicians are brought in, session players. They're called ghost players. That's why AI is being used now. And go on YouTube. You can see AI versions of, you know, uh, Axl Rose singing Motley Crue songs, James Hetfield doing all sorts of old, like, classics. I mean, it's just the craziest thing you've ever seen, but it's legit. It's real. And the people that I'm talking to, the insiders in this industry, are telling me, yeah, this is, this is big time, and it's, it's going to change everything. Exactly. You're not. You're perfectly right. That's what I'm talking about with the problem with the human, the human uh, uh, component. Is that yeah. first things first things to go? Yeah, will be the musicians uh, for those for those needed for those types of things, and and then uh, uh, secondly, the actual engineer. You won't even need an engineer anymore because oh, you'll be, man. you'll be able to no. just feed the just tell the thing what you want it to do. I want it to sound like Motley Crue in 1980. You know, one. Um, I want, you know, the, the singer to sound like uh, Vince Neil did, you know, in 81. And I want, you know, and have a band that sounds is like a clone of Motley Crue, which I'm surprised hasn't happened because they're so huge. They're so popular that I would they're like the Beatles. I would think that they would realize that, you know, look, man, this is a gravy train. Put out a clone of Motley Crue of younger guys that sound like they did it right. In '81, good looking, you know, full of full of uh, chaos. Man, you have a whole billion dollar enterprise all over again. Well, that's what they're gonna. That's what I'm seeing it going in that direction. And then uh, so much is going on in these camps and everything with with the last of I would say the live real bands that can do things. We got new bands coming up, and let's talk about that right quick because I know that you're working with a lot of new artists. Yeah, well, thank you. Uh, I'm, you know, always, uh, you know, scouting out talent in the underground and metal worldwide. Uh, I've been doing this going on 19 years coming up in February, working closely with the underground uh, globally, uh, working with bands just pretty much, you know, I mean, tons of countries. I've worked with Russia. I've worked with all over. Um, but the bands I'm working with right now, I'm working primarily, I've been hitting the hot spots of Sweden is one of the hottest spots in the world right now for heavy metal. Um, they have a huge sleeve rock glam metal scene revival going on right now. Uh, so right. bands that I'm working with are, uh, you know, bands we've talked about, like there's Phoenix Rising. They're actually um, going to be releasing a, 
a new music video for the song Tyrant, and you guys got to hear this. I mean, this these guys are talented. That's Phoenix Rising. Of course, you guys know about Overlord that I've been working with. Um, you, I've got Baltic Sea, which is another one um, out of out of Sweden. The other guys, Phoenix Rising, are out of uh, Finland. But these guys, I mean, a lot, so many different talented uh, bands I'm working with. Of course, Nynemia, which I, they just um, I just posted a album review for their uh, debut album that will come out uh, towards the end of this year, and that's got the drummer of Megadeth, Dirk Verbeeren, playing drums for him. So a lot of exciting stuff going on. You know, you just don't see a lot at any of these other metal news sites any of this kind of A and R work going on. Um, it's you know it's a lot of stuff that's being done with labels today because I also work closely with labels um, and getting bands bands pay for me to. Uh, shop them to labels basically and um a lot of these labels are just they're they're going from within house um they're they're doing things within house with how they're they're assigning band stuff especially after the way that the you know the whole covid past couple of years have gone uh it's very it's very difficult to get your band signed right now um you would think it'd be the other way because they're, they're looking for a lot of acts but they're playing it more safely they're 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 uh promoting from within They've seen bands that have opened up for bands on their label, right? They're scouting those kinds of bands. And so, um, you know, it, it is getting harder and harder to, to give these these underground bands, these unsigned bands, a chance to play in clubs around our, uh, the country here in America and, and other parts of, of the world. Because, first off, a lot of these metal clubs are closing down. Uh, we just had a club here. Uh, we, we just uh, lost a rail club. And so that was a big, that was one of our big ones here in Fort Worth. And so I'm not sure if they're going to, someone's going to come back and try and uh, bring it back. Uh, but, um, you know, that's the one, that's the one problem is because most venues only want cover bands. They do not want, uh, you know, and a lot of people go to these to drink, to drink at these clubs. My wife tells me like the women will say, like lean over her and go like, God, who is this no name band? I never even heard of them. I don't know any of their songs. And then, and then say, I can't wait, for, you know, to, to watch a, a cover band come on, you know. And so because they know those songs and the, I researched it. These kids in these cover bands, like these Motley Crue cover bands, they're selling out the houses. Wow. Yeah. In the venues that they're playing, they're they're selling out. So, I mean, you want to talk about big business. These guys are making gangster money and that's why the clubs are, are go with them. Because they pack the house better than an unknown band who doesn't have a hit. Wow. I tell you what, it sounds good and it sounds bad and it sounds negative, but I tell you what, if you want real life, real metal, or real music and updates, Randy Rocket Cody is going to give it to you at themetalden.com, everybody. Definitely go there and subscribe and be a part of it. You're going to get the real deal and it's he's keeping metal alive. We're going to take a break. Back in a moment, we're going to head into Hollywood with the vampires after this. We're going to see what's up and everything as we dive into our topic of the week after this break. We'll be back in two minutes on the Rhino Radio Penitentiary. Woo, brother, that was good. Oh, yeah. Woo. Yeah, man. Uh, Good deal. We do a real deal over here. We ain't playing the games. People are hearing the real truth, man. This is the real deal. This is it. This is 
this is the way I'm giving you guys a future insight into what the world's going to look like soon. That's all. appreciate what you've got and what you've had to bust your butt to to pay for so you know and you know we don't we don't know what's going on again with this COVID-19 starting to rear its head you know this this could get ugly again so uh well you know it's, you know. it's been out there for a while and it hasn't really gone away it's just the media stopped talking about it because they didn't make money anymore <laughs> well they, they, and that's all it really was they didn't make them now they're gonna bring it back up because they want to make money. They want to be all this. They want to make all this money off of it again. All right, we're getting ready to come back, brother. We're gonna get into the topic. Yeah. And I gotta play this. A little bit of this Hollywood song by Collective Soul. <laughs> <laughs> tour uh, tonight they're performing their hit song Hollywood from the new CD afterwards please welcome oh it's available exclusively at Target there you go right there please welcome Collective Soul
to the Rhino Radio Penitentiary. Here we go. Tell them, Collective Soul. Yeah, Hollywood. You know, I love you more than I should. That's some perfect lyrics. We're welcoming our friend Randy Rocky Cody back with us as we talk about the Hollywood vampires and everything behind the scenes. Now, of course, it's not just the name of a band that's out there in Hollywood with everybody's so-called favorite uh, Captain Jack Sparrow. <laughs> but there's more to it. So uh, let's talk about your new report fans can read over at your personal site, randyrockycody.com. What is the title of your new article, and what can we expect from it, Randy? Uh, this title is Hollywood Vampires, the Antichrist, and Abducted Kids. And this really, this is uh, the first in a new series that I'm authoring uh, about the history of vampires, specifically royal vampires. Okay. And uh, how this all, you know, connects to all of this, uh, uh, these, these child abductions and all these satanic ritual murders and how all of this stuff kind of connects uh, back to each other. Um, the main thing that I wanted to do was the reason why it's titled Hollywood Vampires is I specifically in the article I um, feature three three actors, well-known actors: Tom Cruise, Johnny Depp, and Nicolas Cage, who are three of the most famous Hollywood box office stars alive in the world today. One thing that I, I point out in the article is that uh, it's a very fascinating thing that they all have in common is that they've all played vampire in a movie. So uh, this this article really primarily this this one in particular that y'all going to read uh, today at randyrocketcody.com this uh, one focuses more on Johnny Depp uh, and because okay. he he is in the band he's in the actual um, band titled the Hollywood Vampires with uh, Alice Cooper and uh, uh -huh. Joe, Joe Perry so uh -huh. this is a, they're a legit band they go around and they play. You know, they tour around and, and play gigs, and there's a lot of people that, that love them. I think that Johnny's an extremely talented guy on the guitar uh, and is a singer. And, um, you know, he's, he's somehow pulling, pulling it off. Um, there's very few talents that, that can ever come along and, and do such a thing. You know, to be able to be a big-time box office movie star and to be also a, a high-level rock star. Um, so with that said, uh, this is really um, this is an article that goes into the history of the of the uh, royal vampire and tries to help people understand because this has become it's 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 a, a mythical thing, the vampire. You know, we've uh, automatically think of the vampire. We think of Dracula. And Dracula was based was was a fictional movie character, right? Uh, from a, from a book from a book. That was um, that that became a huge phenomenon. Okay, just the just the visual of that the black hair and the and the white skin and the fangs of the vampire, right, sinking into ladies, right, right, right. sinking into her throat. You know. Well, I'm here to tell everybody that it's not a myth. That vampires are real, and there is belief that Johnny Depp. And the other gentlemen I just mentioned are potentially royal vampires. 
And if any, now, if anybody has read my work on the Jack the Ripper case, because this article does kind of crisscross that, because that took place, you know, of course, in London, everybody knows. Well, what's very fascinating for people to understand, very terrifying, actually, for residents there in London right now, is that Johnny Depp has moved to London. After, really? Yes. He's very close friends with Jeff Beck, the guitar player who just passed away. Yeah, yeah. And he was staying in London with Jeff. And after Jeff passed, he stayed there and he, as, as I'm being uh, told, got his own place. So there's an article, a news article that references all of this in, in the piece. So Johnny Depp is now a guy that, that is notorious for, first off, there's a missing persons case that's still unsolved connected to him, his former partner at the Viper Room, Anthony Fox, they've never found his body. Uh, we, we had River Phoenix, another high-profile, high-level uh, movie star, die in front of his club in 93, the same year that it opened. Now, I'm being told by there's a Zach Baggins who does Ghost Adventures on TV. On his show that he did covering the Viper Room, which was extremely fascinating. Because if you've never been, they've closed this, this club down. And if you've never been there before, you, you, don't, you can't understand the experience. It feels like Dracula lives there. It's dark. The paint, the pace is, the pace is painted black, to give you an idea, okay? Well, now that it's closed down, a lot of these secrets... And this was a place back in the 40s and 50s even that, that was a different club that was being uh, uh, big-time gangsters. Mickey Cohen people were, were taking people out. And so we, who knows how many d dead bodies are in this place. But Zach Baggins says he's saying that, that, uh, that that's where Anthony Fox is buried. And uh, so we've got all these things going on with, 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 uh, with Johnny Depp. But the main thing we have to understand is... In the case, and this is the most beautiful part of this article, in the case of the Black Dahlia that I have also been investigating, and I named for the first time uh, the prime suspect that nobody has named, Man Ray. Man Ray, yeah. Okay, as, as the guy. Well, what was the name of, what, what did they name that case immediately in the news the day that it happened, when that they found that woman cut in half in Los Angeles, guess what the name of the, what they named it? It wasn't the Black Dahlia. Really? Yep, it had a different name. You can look it all up too. It's they had it bold in the headlines. It was called the Werewolf Murder. Yeah, yeah, I remember that now. Yeah. Yep. Well, a werewolf and a vampire are the same thing. Right. Now right, let's right. look at the bodies. The one thing you need to know about the way that a vampire works was sucking of the blood, removal of the blood. What happened with Elizabeth Short's body, besides being cut in half cleanly, all of her blood was removed. Every drop. Same thing for the most part, from what I'm understanding through my forensic uh, analysis, um, to some extent, not as bad as that. Um, she had to have been literally hung from her feet and allowed to, to bleed out like that, to, to be empty of her blood. Now, this, what happened with, um, in that case, 
they allowed this man Ray to flee LAPD without any questioning, although they found a black book in the possession of this woman who now has learned that she was working as a lure for these high-level Hollywood people, right? And so they took her out, and and at the same time, he flees. Man Ray flees. Where does he go? Man Ray flees to, to Paris, France. And where's Johnny Depp loves Johnny Depp loves France and uh, and, and went and after this whole thing with with his situation with the Viper Room, he went to Paris and opened up a bar named Man Ray. Man Ray, yeah. So this is this is all in this is all in the reports that people understand uh, how this is all connecting because. Uh, it certainly does. I mean, even though it's a crime from 1947, I mean, a lot of years later, um, I'm finding right. the, the consistencies with this Pizzagate uh, scandal that's still being investigated. A lot of people say that it's a hoax. I'm here to tell you that it's not, that there's uh, writing on the wall telling us that the ship is on fire like the Titanic, folks, and, and she's going to be going down here eventually. So that's this report is just about t- trying to help people understand that um, – that these high-level people, especially going going looking at the situation of Tom Cruise, which I detail very succinctly, thanks to the help of a, truth, a truther online, and and the people there's a couple there's a gentleman in here that I actually interviewed who is a vampire, uh, he's a Devere, and so he's referenced uh, Prince Nicholas Devere von Drakenberg, he's the author of the Dragon Legacy, the secret history of the ancient bloodline. And so what I help you to understand is that the dragon how that connects to all this talk about Atlantis, uh, the Anunnaki, and, uh, and these sorts of things, and try to get you to understand it, as well as the Tuatha uh, de Danan. And so that's something I've spoke about in the past, and that all goes back to Atlantis. And it's believed that these vampires were, were at, at, um, in some kind of underground cave system, uh, in, in Atlantis when all that went down, when they had their big uh, upheaval there. So it's just really fascinating how all these stories, I mean, we're talking coming back from ancient times to, you know, to 100, 130 years ago with Ripper to 70, 80 years ago with uh, Black Dahlia and, and, you know, the, the 80s, you know, with all this crazy stuff. And then now recent. So it, it covers a lot, man. And so if you really want to get a deep dive, I think this is one of the best reports to uh, read. I'm loving hearing this, and you know, the thing about it is this Johnny Depp, you know, he's been connected to so much stuff out there that you've been reporting and talking about, and, you know, recently having this court case with his ex, Amber Heard, some of the some of the stuff that was said about her and everything, taking her money, him uh, being, of course, him being a big star, and, and what nobody understands is he went to his... His, his venue, the Viper Room, back in the day when you started getting into reporting metal bands and everything, and you, you've told stories here on the show about getting in there and knowing of him and, and him being jealous of other actors, you know, and one act, another actor came to mind is, the, is Keanu Reeves, who plays bass guitar as well, but his band's not quite that big and doesn't get to play around Los Angeles like the Hollywood vampires do. So is there any kind of connection to where Reeves is not allowed to come play uh, with 
great question. Uh, well, that was a situation that, that was going on between Death and River Phoenix, actually. Right. He didn't want he didn't want the night of the of of uh, Phoenix's death. He was he wanted to go up on the jam. Uh, to, there's a jam on the stage going on, and he wanted to be part of it, and he wasn't allowed to be. Yeah. And so it was kind of like Depp was kind of like flexing his muscle. Um, look, Depp was at that point. Depp wasn't much of a household name yet. Um, when when that happened in '93, he was still trying to make his bones. Um, that River Phoenix was the was the bigger star. And yeah, he was in many movies before. Yeah, well, he was in the Indiana Jones and you know uh, Stand by Me, you know, with the big Rob yeah. Reiner movie. So he was a big talent, mm-hmm. you know, and so. I think there was a lot of jealousy uh, on Depp's part because you know it's it's a uh, it's a sink or swim situation out there. <laughs> it's very cutthroat, and even down to if you look at some of the pictures from back then, he's combing his hair just like River Phoenix. So um, there's just a lot of jealousy that goes on. That goes on in music. That goes on in acting. That goes on in sports. It goes on everywhere. So, but at the end of the day, uh, Depp. He, he's not. You can't get away from the fact we have a missing persons case attached to him. You can't just, you know, you can go ahead and go ahead and sign another movie deal and uh, do whatever the hell you want, but we're still missing. We're missing a person here. <laughs> you know, this man is missing. He's been missing for a long time. I mean, this is 30 years. So, you know, all all that I'm trying to do is get people to realize that this man is still missing. He was Johnny Depp's partner. Johnny Depp and he had a falling out. There was some kind of an issue over money being stolen from the business. And before he was going to be able to go to court and and testify, they eliminated him, just like the mafia does. And so... Yeah, I know. I mean, it's one of those things, you know, Depp has been involved in a a lot of scandals in Hollywood. Besides this one we just spoke of, and, 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 and to me, it seems very unusual that someone with that much background, so many other people are going to jail right now for different things in Hollywood. Well, that should tell you. That's a great uh, point. Yeah. That's a great point. And same thing, you know, you hear a lot of stuff about Cruz, Tom Cruz, that the stuff about how sinister he is behind closed doors. And people wonder how mm-hmm. how can these guys continue to go on? How can they continue to, you know, to get these, these high-level high uh, acting gigs? Um, well, it's because they're high-level royalty. In fact, yeah. in the case, and I'll say this in the case, and I'm very very happy to be able to say this to you all, because first of all, it's the truth, and secondly, it wasn't easy to find out. But Tom Cruise is an extremely powerful individual. Uh, yeah. and, and a lot of these people, they, they change their, their identity. It's done a lot with Rockefellers and different people like that. Rothschilds, offspring of them, so that they can hide their who they are. Um, and in his in his case, his real name, <clears throat> and this is all referenced in the uh, in this piece. Uh, Tom Cruise is a descendant of the Orsini bloodline on his father's side, and uh, and so this this is what's um, examined, okay, in terms of. That this there's some secret stuff going on here that people don't talk about, don't want us to know about, related to this dragon, this uh, order of the dragon, the secret society, 
and these type of people who who, who are high up, um, like this Pepe Orsini, who is the the gray pope uh, at the very top of the Jesuits and a member of many other secret societies. So as I try to explain to people, they they cross over into other. They could be part of the uh, Hellfire Club. They could be right. So like I told you guys in the Jack the Ripper case. You have the, the Ripper uh, killing prostitutes within 10 minutes away of the Hellfire Caves, where they were killing prostitutes over there as well. Wow. You know what? It seems uh, like the connections over the years, like I said, over 100 years, over 200 years, have connected over the years every single time something has happened. <clears throat> I do. We're going to go about some of your other reports here and get everybody to follow you, but I do have a question that's probably going to be a little controversial for me. It might get me me, me chased down, but do you think that the, do you think that the uh, um, uh, Scientologists are a big part of this? Great question. Great question. One thing, it's mentioned in the article, Thomas, uh, Thomas Mapother. I get M A P O T H E R. That's and I guess he's the fourth. Is apparently, but um, this is uh, what, again. Say your question again. Say it again. I'm sorry. I said, do you think that the Scientologists have anything to do with? Because we know that Tom Cruise was a big Scientologist yes. in that uh, organization. Well, yes. I want you all. Yes, I want you all to understand that. Um, first off, my father was he he was. Uh, um, he he was not a part of Scientology, uh, but what is that? Uh, uh, the, what's it? The uh, the Church of Scientology? Was it the Church of uh, what the name? What the hell is the name of that? It's, it's not coming to my head right now. But Christian Science, Christian Science. When, when I visited my father, you guys, when I went and visited my mafia father, he's reading these Christian Science books. And I'm thinking, okay. what the hell? What is Christian Science? Okay, um, and and at the at the same time, my father had put on a large dragon tattoo on his chest. Oh Lord! Yes, that he instructed the when he got his uh, bypass surgery or quadruple bypass surgery, that if if the surgeon didn't line it up again perfectly, the uh, the dragon there would be issues. So now I always wondered why the hell does my dad have a dragon, big dragon on his chest? And as well, my family's yacht was named Miasis Dragon. And it had a big dragon on the back. So I could never understand any of that stuff. So, but Christian science is of the devil. And so is Scientology. Uh, Christian science, uh, the woman that started all of that, uh, what's her, uh, uh, Mary Baker Eddy? Okay, she, Mary Baker Eddy said that Jesus was not the Christ. And so she she is anti-Christ. That's straight up. That's the first thing that you can say about Christian science. Now, as far as Scientology, Scientology people, after, and I know a lot about Scientology because actually my, um, my wife's nephew, he just divorced a woman who was part of it. Yeah. And, yeah, her parents, I mean, weird stuff. And the parents are rich, or these are Asian people, and their parents are rich, but they, like, you know, were having some kind of, they, they were having marital problems, apparently, that, that, that was recognized by the 
Scientologists, and so they were put through the, a program where they, apparently they they basically are in the program, like literally 24-7. All right. They, yeah. they can't see each other and all that stuff. Really weird stuff. But, um, you know, people, people have to understand that, you know, all you have to do is you have to just look deeper into what these what these religions are, are talking about and get get down to the to the uh, to the basics of do do they line up do they align with Jesus Christ being the Savior being the Son of God and if they don't then they're Antichrist. That's it. There you go, brother. Well, I tell you what, Randy, it's great to have you here with us. And they call you and I weirdos, but we've been talking about all these people that are really weirdos out there and everything. But tell everybody what's coming up next for, for, for everybody, some of your next uh, article and how to follow you and all that good stuff. All right, brother. Again, thank you for having me. Um, you can uh, rest assured that I've got some really great uh, reports coming up here to close out the year. Uh, we'll be getting in more into Jack the Ripper. We'll be diving back into uh, the Zodiac Killer as well as the Black Daddy Killer case. But try and get those all three in before it's over, before the, the year ends. And you can find me uh, online, uh, Rocket Metal Den on Twitter, Randy Rocket Cody on Facebook. And visit me online, MetalDen.com and RandyRocketCody.com. There you go, guys. Visit become part of it. Subscribe today because you're going to get real news, real fun, and all that good stuff and bring it. Keep the metal alive at TheMetalDen.com. We want to thank Randy for being one. We're going to let him out on good, good behavior. And, of course, you guys didn't hear that. Back in a moment. Thank you, Randy. Later, buddy.
are now listening to a worldwide exclusive preview of the Mafia Tapes. With Randy, Rocket, Cody. But since my life had been threatened that they were that I was going to be kidnapped, my dad would sit up all night long with that tense electrified with a gun in his hand at the window. He slept days to be sure that the family was protected. Then we went down to Monticello, Indiana, quite often because he had had a home built down there on Schaefer Lake near Ideal Beach. So things became rather quiet for a little while. Then he started running slot machines down there, which created quite a problem. And this went on and on from one location to another as I grew to be a young woman. And I myself came out of school when the stock market crash came. Every youngster that was in there was brought home because of the problems of finances having been hit so hard at that time. However, it wasn't the stock market that was affecting our life. But if I remember correctly, this is a good many years ago, I did come home and I went to Bloom Township High School there in Chicago Heights, Illinois. But I didn't like school and they had a hard time keeping me in there. So I went and got myself a job, which they didn't know about. And instead of going to school, I went to work. Well, soon the principal discovered that I wasn't around very often. He came over to find out what the trouble was. So then they allowed me to quit school and from there on I stayed in the business world for the rest of my time. I did go down to Monticello quite frequently with my family over the weekends. I did marry when I was about 19, but I still continued to work. And my present husband at that time was working for my stepfather in Blue Island, Illinois. And then again, we were back with the slot machine. So one thing led to another. They again moved back down to Monticello and they ran machines down there. The liquors were brought in in those years, which were, I guess would have considered prohibition, by the three brothers who would go to Canada, bring it across by boat, and all this liquor would sit in our house in gummy sacks to be put into the taverns, which was part of their business also. I think this was Wolcott, Indiana, if I'm not mistaken. Then I did move back to Chicago because my family was down there more. And again, traveling back to Arlington where the races were and back to Tampa, Florida. Then they did move the dog track from Homewood, Illinois down to Tampa, Florida. That, of course, is still in existence, has grown to be a considerable large plant. And since my father and my mother have both passed away, I'm the lone stockholder in this heavy been in a will for me when my mom passed away. And that has been about the extent of it. Oh, yes. Uh, well, yes, that is something that might be mentioned. After they did threaten to kidnap me, there was a tavern called Seven Acres, just north of Chicago Heights, Illinois. 
and Buddy Snyder was my stepdad's bodyguard at the time. And of course they did live in an apartment up there for a short while, which I visited occasionally. There was a tavern also connected with this. And one evening, I had happened to like Buddy very much. He was a very, seemed to be a very gentle man, which shows you how mistaken you can be about people. But the tavern was there and he was taking care of it that evening when one of these men walked in and shot him in the temple and killed him and laid him out on top of the bar. And the next morning, when I had gone in to visit my mom, she took me down and she said, I'm going to show you something which isn't going to really be one thing or another where you're concerned, but I just want to show you what happened because of distrust and real upsetting situations in these kind of businesses. And she took me and showed me Buddy with this bullet hole in his temple. And I just couldn't believe that a man of his seeming caliber would have ended up like this. And that was about what happened to Buddy Snyder, who was at that time my dad's bodyguard. I really don't know who killed him. Well, of course, when I was home, my folks would take me to the horse track in the afternoon, which I enjoyed thoroughly. Of course, we owned a racehorse at that time, and it was real thrilling to watch him run. His name was Piedmont. He never won anything, but it was still fun to watch him run. Then we would go out and have dinner and go across the street to the dog track. Many, many times when I was with my family, Frank or Al Capone would accompany us in the boxes. They were all very gentlemanly. There was never any problem around family. They were in our home occasionally talking to my dad. I did notice there was a lot of upheaval from time to time with sheriffs coming and going. And of course, they, late at night, we'd get a call that we were going to be raided and they'd all take off and run someplace and pick up all the machines and bring them back and hide them. And so these were my experiences as I grew up. John, uh, herself, which her name was Lenny Dolan, and her roommate, uh, Mary Keefe, who was a model there uh, in New York, and they roomed together. Well, chances, ch 
came along where we developed a pretty good relationship with Lenny and I got close with Mary and eventually I moved Mary uh, into an apartment at Outer, Dr Outer Drive East uh, right off at the foot of Randolph Street uh, on Michigan Avenue on, on uh, Outer Drive East there um, in Chicago and I moved her from New York to Chicago to set up uh, this apartment. In the meantime, uh, Lenny's love was a fellow by the name of Red Dorfman, who was the international treasurer of the Teamsters Union. Through the association with Lenny, I got very close with Red. And Red got to know me, and he knew that I was in charge of, uh, I was vice president of sales with a major blue chip company and uh, wanted to know, you know, just exactly what my functions were and I said, well, besides handling all the sales and marketing that I handled all the shopping center negotiations and leasing and he said, that means that you put out U.S. money on these leases and I said, that's right and he said, well, uh, would you be interested in putting out Teamster pension fund money? And I said, well, I'm not exactly uh, sure what you know what you mean. And he said, well, we have the Teamster pension fund, and we would like very much to uh, put out loans to desirable businesses. And uh, we have a formula that I would like to discuss with you and if you're interested in putting out this money uh, for us um, you can make a tremendous amount of money and you can help us by moving these funds so that we can make more money the deal was this that by using the Teamster uh, pension fund money uh, as loans for uh, various business people who were Many of them were building hotels, uh, motels, resorts. Uh, well, actually, the cash uh, available was unlimited, and we had to take it project by project. And the deal was, uh, the sticking point on the whole thing was that they required 10% uh, cash from the uh, prospective borrower, which I would share in. And this was paid cash up front prior to the loan being processed through normal channels in a bank at normal interest rates, generally about one point above the uh, lending at that time, which was a reasonable situation, and uh, no closing costs or anything like that because our, our money came uh, up front cash under the table. This concludes the worldwide exclusive preview of the Mafia Tapes. Make sure and go online to read Randy Rocket Cody's spec screenplay titled Public Enemy Number One on Scribd site.